I would love to just start our morning. I'm very loud. Am I very loud? No, no, no I'm all right. Um, <laughs> I'd love to start our morning by just smiling at you all and saying good morning and welcome here. It's lovely to hear the buzz in the room and, um, and just see your lovely faces. So welcome here. Lovely to see you. I'd love to start with a very deep um, acknowledgement of gratitude uh, because we are gathered on the lands of the Semiamu, Stolo and Kwantlen peoples. And I am, and we are very grateful. So Father, as we, as we start this part this morning, I just say thank you for your presence here in the room in evidence of laughter and uh, being together. And I ask Father that um, you would just bless us during this time and that Father, whether it's the spoken word or a conversation, or as we sing now um, and spend time together, that we would each meet with you and feel your presence in our hearts and minds. So bless the band and on we go. Welcome here. If you snuck in during worship, doesn't matter what time you got up, it's lovely to see you here. And for all those on Zoom, I forgot to say hello to you. So welcome if you're on, joining us on Zoom this morning. My name is Karen and I've been coming to the bridge forever. Um, I am going to run through some of the announcements that we say every week um, so that you don't nod off. Um, we have got an interview coming up and I want to light the uh, candle the second advent candle today so hold on to your seats and we will get through these announcements but this is the time to slow down and just use my technology here hang on the second <laughs> the second candle is the candle of peace this season comes with a deadline doesn't it if it is not done by christmas eve that is, then it's not going to get done. This candle reminds us that there is peace that can be present in our rushing and our doing. It reminds us to pause and take a breath. It reminds us to pray for peace in the world. Jesus, let your peace rule in our hearts and minds, and may we not lose sight of your presence in all things. Come, Lord Jesus, Prince of Peace. Amen. There was a line in there about uh, even in the midst of busy that we can feel God's peace. And I was reflecting and thinking that's there's two really tangible stories in my life where things were absolutely crazy. But I just felt this incredible peace. So with the next few days coming up for all of us, I just pray that you'd feel that peace, too. Um, hmm. I'd like you to know it's easily because we practiced all this. <laughs> okay, I'm not going to say any more because I've already used your names, but tell us your well, names, you who you are, and who lives in your house. Okay, I'm Heather, that's Luke. We're Colburns, and we have three kids Eden, who's 14, Ivy, who's 11, and Griffin, who's eight, and a dog named Asher. Ash is very important. Yes, he is. How long have you been part of our Bridge Morning Gatherings? 
And how did you find us? Um, well, I think we've been coming on and off for about six years. Yeah, it was. Yeah. So it was before my father died and he died in that first year that we started coming. And then um, COVID hit and the Zoom thing is really hard for me. <laughs> I feel very disconnected when I'm trying to. I can't do that. So, and then, um, so the live gatherings we've come to, but that's been a hit and a miss because just because of sickness and yeah, yeah and children and yeah, well, children, they're a big factor. Yeah. Well, and uh, I guess coming finding out about here, I think we were, well, we were de- deconstructing in our last church. Um, the theology wasn't sitting right. Um, it didn't seem as God breathed, as I felt the words that I was getting from God was, I'm like, this doesn't jive. (laughs) Um, So uh, I think through a series of unfortunate events, we stepped away from that church. And we're in the process of looking for a church that kind of um, would help us reconstruct, I guess, like looking like, so so we started right at the foundations (laughs) of what we believed. And then, we looked for people who were searching for the same things. Um, and I think it was just word of mouth. We contacted one church we were in said, but we know of this other church. So yeah, that has similar values. <laughs> that they're well, I'm, glad you found, I'm glad you found yeah. us. Yeah, it's a tough season out there in the wilderness, isn't it? Yeah. Um, what brings you joy? And when do you feel most joyous? Oh, your turn. <laughs> Luke. <laughs> Come on, Luke. <laughs> I am Luke. Hello. Um brings me joy is probably connection with people and that's become a very new thing um feeling connected to god um expressing love and um trying to serve people it's brought me a lot of joy for sure i stole all the good answers what he what he said yeah i think i think um at first I was kind of like, oh, what brings me joy? And then I kind of start to think of like the artistic things and the hobby things. But when I get really down to it, um, the thing that drives me, the thing that moves me forward in this world is that connection with people. I think I've always been able to love people very deeply, um, very quickly, which is not a gift that everybody has. <laughs> and for somebody who um, struggled with understanding that growing up I think there was a bit of that rejection sensitivity especially when you're ADHD kind of got your one one foot in the normal world and one foot out so I think some of that kind of really came into play for me and um I just don't want anyone to ever feel that way I want them to feel loved without any condition or judgment just just pure love right and I think that kind of connection, deep-rooted friendships, um, relationships, that's really important. I have a sneaking hunch that because um, Jesus' name is love, that actually that's the whole purpose of all of this. What? Yeah, I've got, I've got a hunch there. So with all the down. deconstruction, I think that's a for sure. <laughs> um, what would you like uh, to be known for? Oh, this is a value question. What um, would you like to be known for? Probably uh, known for loving people yeah and uh again like connection um knowing that i love my family my friends Mm -hmm. um and i embodied all the fruits of the spirit 
Same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think um, I want to be known for walking alongside people as they begin to heal. Because I know I can't change people. I know I can't heal people. I can't be the fixer of things. But I can encourage and spur people on and lend my hope. Because sometimes it's so hard to have hope for yourself, right? And so um, when people are feeling hopeless, I want to be known for somebody who can lend my hope till they get to a place where they can heal. And I think over the last few months, what has been a big, big thing for me is actually learning how to self-love. It's something we talk about so much in our society, but I don't think it really connected with me till the last few months. And with that comes the confidence and an ability to step above your emotions and see things from a bird's eye view and be like, I see what's going on here. There's pain and it needs to be expressed, right? And I just want to give people space to do that. That's a whole great big conversation, that one. So I love that you found that. Yeah. You'll hear me in the kitchen going, come on, Karen, you've got this. You can do this. <laughs> it's, it may, it's important what we say to ourselves, right? Okay, we need to move on. Do you have anything you would like us to pray about specifically for you? I guess just um, being or being in community with people who are more like-minded um, and yeah, just the ability to be so connected to God that I can hear and do as what he needs me to in the moment. Yeah. I was going to say probably that I'm able to connect even more mm. with God and the spirit inside of me and be guided by mm. those two things, but also even to connect with my family. I mean, family is very yeah. important to me. And uh, I mean, I think my dad and my mom, because they were the ones that sort of showed me that's the way, like the family's important, but even now in my own self-discovery and what Heather was saying, like learning to love myself and actually be genuine mm. about myself and other people. I just want to become even more that way mm. you know and be able to express it more myself. yeah Just being more concrete. and and i think by doing that it'll help others to be able to love themselves and yeah. and bring them up to that point um we we sort of i won't say the word but we we like to say we we like to high and by high vibration but making a, a better choice and I like to say I would like to high vibe the SHIT out of each day <laughs> because it really does change your aspect and your perception on how you live. And it changes other people's perception. Right. And it's it's been kind of incredible to see mm. your power of thought and your power of word and what it actually does in your power of intention. Mm. And it's changed us quite a bit. So. Well, there's only one of you, right? And if, <laughs> as I look around the room, there's only one of any of us. And so, yeah, living fully into who God created us to be, that's got to be good. As you were speaking, I'm not going to do a long prayer because just of time, but um, as you were talking, I was just seeing um, like a piece of old wood that had all the knots and knolls and gaps where it had grown over the years. And just this, um, you know, like those epoxy things that fill in all the gaps in wood. So you'll get a table and it'll have um, 
like an epoxy river running down the middle of it and it's filling in all the gaps and gnarly bits and I just saw this river of gold just flowing over all the bits of your lives that's really fascinating because as I was praying before I prayed that that love would come down like liquid gold like a river of liquid oh father god (laughs) thank you anyway i just pray god that you would bless these two and all the desires of their hearts that they've expressed here and all the other ones they didn't get time to god that you would just bless their lives and their family and their desire to be known for love Mm -hmm. and and be known for loving you Mm -hmm. amen thanks guys thank you Uh, breathe your life into all the things that you've prepared uh, in the words that he's got to share with us this morning and uh, you just illuminate in his heart just all the things that are, are you and your love and I thank you for Jeff and I pray your blessing on every part of his morning Amen Amen Say amen to that Yeah, right. I'm not really a preacher like that but my dad was um, So uh, yeah, I can hold it up close. But like like Karen said, I'm, that's pretty loud, though, isn't it? No. <laughs> um, so I, I'm, I don't know if my topic is going to be really quite as advertised. Um, I'm not spending a lot of time on Guadalupe, but I will. I will go in there. I, want to, I mainly want to focus on Mary's situation. And the main point is, like, we can experience increased peace and joy by living like her in some ways. So just kind of looking at her situation. Um, and I think that involves mostly saying yes to whatever God has for us. Um, but let's talk about Guadalupe. Um, I did spend some time. I've been to Central America a bunch of times. We lived in uh, Guatemala for a few months. Um, we were there during Easter, which is in Antigua, Guatemala, especially incredible, the parades. Um, but we don't have time to talk about that. Uh, there's definitely a strong affiliation with the suffering Jesus. And I think that comes from their past. Basically, uh, you know, the Spaniards came and, and brought a version of Christianity and oppressed the people. Um, and so they're very familiar with suffering. And I think that's the the connection there. Um, but still, for some reason, they've a lot of people in Central America and South America have found uh, quite a lot of comfort and uh, significance in their understanding of Christianity. Um, so last week I did a field trip. Um, we went to Cabo and I went to Mass and uh, discovered Our Lady Guadalupe right there in the church. Um, so, uh, I did, I didn't find the service super inspiring. I'm sorry, but it was okay. Um, and, uh, Guadalupe. So in 1492, Columbus sailed the ocean blue. Remember that came over and brought a, uh, a version of Christianity that they believed in at that time. Every part of history has their own version of Christianity that they're find is the absolute truth. What version did you get steeped in? Um, they came into Mexico 1519, and uh, a, a recent convert to Christianity, Juan Diego, a local dude, uh, was out on his farm, I think, and Mary appeared to him. Brown-skinned Mary appeared to him and said, build the temple. It was on Tepeyac Hill, 
in Mexico City. Um, it wasn't Mexico City at the time, of course, but that's the hill. And he went to the priest, and the priest said, nah. And he said, the priest said, bring me some sort of proof. So Juan Diego went back, and I'm not sure all the details of the story. Um, some of the details are in the little little side paintings there around Our Lady Guadalupe. Um, and uh, she said, well, go, it was December, the feast is December 12th, right? She said, go and pick roses and bring them to the priest. He's like, pick roses? It's December. So he went and he found hundreds of roses and he collected them into his cloak. And he went to the priest and he showed the priest his his batch of roses. And as he did, his the inside of his cloak had this imprint of Our Lady Guadalupe in it. And uh, the priest was undone. If you look really close, bottom right, that's the priest also kneeling in front of his open cloak. It's like, yeah, okay, this is true. I particularly am fond of the little dude whom, who has to be Jesus underneath uh, Mary's skirt there. Um, I think that's cool. Uh, so um, anyways, that that's that's the story of Guadalupe. Um, it represents kind of God's coming in particular to the indigenous people of Mexico, which I think is very cool. And it also represents a breaking down of division between people, which is a Christmas story of peace, similar to the original prophecies that happened long, long before. That's it about Guadalupe. Sorry for you who came for Guadalupe. <laughs> yeah, half the place leaves um, Isaiah 40 comfort oh comfort my people I would consider singing uh, Handel here but no uh, Philip can do it um, these are words of, of comfort and hope um, the context is interesting speak softly and tenderly to, to Jerusalem time of hardship is coming to an end and it's basically punishment for iniquity and stuff like that. So it's pretty complicated. I, I don't know exactly all the what's going on there. But but the prophecy is uh, involves also the coming of Christ, of course. And somehow this, I mean, look at it. It it brings it brings an element of comfort just by saying that. Um, so it communicates some hope. Christmas is meant to be a season of peace and joy. So I'm thinking. How can we look at Mary and learn more about bringing peace and joy into our lives? Um, we like to know. We like to be in control. We were yeah. hanging out with Tori, our oldest daughter, the other day, and she said, yeah, I like to be a know-it-all. And and I got that from you, Dad. <laughs> I was like, whoa. Okay, point taken. I, I mean, we love to know things and be certain, right? Um, but much of the time we can't know and we're not in control. And I think a lot of our anxiety and depression stem from this impression that we can and should be able to have what we want or at least be in control and, and things like that. Whereas joy and peace come, don't come from being in control and knowing. They come from being content with what is. Um, and I do think that Mary... Uh, illustrated this incredibly well. I've have to spend some time with the Annunciation. I think it's an amazing part of the story. There's 
probably no other, well, no, maybe there's some other, but it's an incredibly well-depicted scene in art. Um, one of the most common, music and poetry and so on as well. I think it's because it resonates somehow with our experience. Uh, the angel greeted her and she was, the Bible says, confused and disturbed or other versions greatly troubled. What could that experience have been like for Mary? Like suddenly your world as you know it, what? Like who is this who is this being? What's going on? What am I being told? Um, and uh, I don't think it was much like this Renaissance painting. I, um, and I don't know whether the angel was was blonde. I think all angels are blonde, but um, it. But Mary does have a kind of a perplexed look, right? And uh, the angel said something that's a very common message from divinity to man, and that is, "Don't be afraid." check out your Bibles. It's in there a lot, right? This message. Um, and then he says, you're going to have a baby boy and he's going to be very great. And he will take the throne of David and stay on that throne forever. So think of it. We've got teenage Mary, not wed, betrothed to be wed. And somebody tells you, you're going to be pregnant. You're going to have a baby. And this baby is going to be incredibly great and sit on the throne of David forever. And you know, freer people and so on. Like it, it it's got to be pretty, um, I mean, disturbing, right? Interruptive at, to say the least. And she says, how could this be? If you look at the context, I thought this was interesting. She doesn't think, how is a son of mine going to become the king of everything? Uh, like that, that's not her thought. She's like, I'm a virgin. <laughs> so, um, and the angel says, nothing is impossible with God. So this is a, a pretty interesting story. I, I'm not entirely sure exactly what are the details and all that kind of stuff. What, what, which parts of it actually really happen in the way it's described and so on. And yet it's like, um, Sarah and I were talking this morning, uh, did something actually happen a certain way? I don't know. Is it true? Yes, it's true, right? Um, I I did get a bit of a kick out of this model. She looks kind of like kind of like a nineteen nineties emaciated uh, model. Again, the blonde one. The Easter lily is very common in this art. Um, this one is from the eighteen hundreds, late late eighteen hundreds. Um, Mary's response is pretty amazing. She says, "May it all come true." Um, she goes to see her cousin Elizabeth, and Elizabeth says to her, you are blessed because you believed what the Lord said. I don't, I mean, I'm not even sure if she understood what the Lord said, to be honest. And yet she took it um, and said, may it be so. Um, it's not that the Annunciation leads Mary out of doubt and into faith. It is that her encounter with the angel leads her out of certainty and into holy bewilderment, out of familiar spiritual territory, into a lifetime of pondering, wondering, questioning, and wrestling. This is a major point of the story for me. Mary's faith somehow is in the face of all kinds of doubt and all kinds of question. She 
did not, I don't think, I mean, I'm not sure you can, you know, people have different versions of it that they would believe, I guess, but I don't think she had this definite knowing, like, yeah, I know what's going to happen. This is future. In fact, if she thought she knew, I'm like, I love the song, Mary, did you know? Mm, no. <laughs> and and whatever her imagination was, it probably didn't mat, uh, match up. So again, oh, uh, <laughs> this this is kind of a little bit of a whimsical version, a little bit more modern, as you might imagine, the uh, enunciation there. Um, so did it actually happen in a certain way? I don't know. Is it true? Yes, there's deep truth to it. And I don't, personally, I don't think it's as important whether, you know, okay, was this a virgin and did it happen this way, physically happen this way? Did Guadalupe really have the roses in her cloak, uh, in his cloak? Uh, you know what I mean? Um, but it's the story that is so worthwhile because it teaches about ourselves and about our values. Um, and I'm not, I'm not trying to be a, a cynic here. I'm, I, I'm, I'm a scientist by trade in a way, and and uh, I'm a family doctor. So, to me, I'm I'm very willing to be convinced of something where there's where there's good evidence given, and otherwise, I tend to be kind of like, well, maybe we'll see. We get surprised all the time, by the way. Um, so whatever you believe about Mary, how she was in her pregnant state, she did bravely choose to follow God. But what does that even mean? Follow God. Does anybody here really know exactly what it means to follow God? I'm not. You do? Okay. Oh, I need to go for coffee with you. <laughs> um, I mean, she didn't have a Bible. She didn't have much of a moral code. I mean, there wasn't much uh, opportunity for sex, drugs, and rock and roll in her day. So, like, what did this even mean? Like, follow God. I think that it has to do with faith or at least faithfulness. Mary had plenty going around her, which was very threatening, uh, threatened her well-being. She was under Roman occupation. Her community was totally beyond her control. And things like oppression, they cause human suffering. And in spite of these things, maybe that's why we look at her as this um woman who who gives such incredible inspiration she had to be filled with both joy and sorrow both fear and comfort and both doubt and faith um i don't i don't believe you can really have comfort without having some fear in the first place right and there isn't really faith unless there's some kind of doubt to begin with and so on um mary's eventual response uh after she talks to elizabeth she is rejoicing and giving thanks. Not necessarily completely settled in her new lot in life. Things are going to change for her. But she seems to have made this genuine shift to believing that her people are somehow going to be freed by her son or something like that. Now, here's Mary's Magnificat. Beautiful. Lots of songs and stuff like that. Um, did she write it? Well, she didn't write it. She couldn't write. <laughs> she, she didn't have any way. Did she sing it? Did she express it somehow? I don't know. But it's a pretty amazing response and uh, is beautiful for us. She was at least grateful and finding joy in her situation. 
Nonetheless, nowhere do we hear of her entire being entirely settled, unworried, and confident after her meeting with Gabriel. We cannot imagine that she didn't have to wrestle through those words of the angel, do not be afraid, Mary, each and every day. Maybe even chanting them like a mantra, like a blessing. I love that. Um, maybe next time you're in trouble, think of that. Chanting something like a mantra or a blessing. We'll come back to that later. For example, Mary and Joseph and their baby were refugees running from Herod's decree. That's a good time to probably chant the, the mantra, right? <laughs> like, um, or when they lost him in the temple when he was 12. Any of you ever, any of you parents ever lost a kid? If your kid's here, maybe don't put your hand up. But <laughs> it's the most terrifying thing in the world. Um, and after that episode, we don't hear anything about Joseph. That's it. Why don't we hear anything more about Joseph? Did he die? Like, was he absent dad? I, I don't think so. But, I mean, Mary had a lot to go through to the point of watching her son die on the cross. And all those promises that she had had, what was she thinking about those promises, watching Jesus die? But you're sitting on my, you know, King David's throne forever. Like, where was she in all that? I would be interested in speaking to each of the mothers here and just list all the things that you might worry about your kid growing up, right? From the pregnancy onward, there is a lot of them. She had a lot of them. Uh, as opposed to the romanticized view of everything being cozy in this nice little warm stable and so on, um, more about you know asking moms what their what their fears were i've i've um practiced maternity for 25 years delivered i i don't know how many well over 2000 babies it's a great privilege and it's a time of real tenderness and that tenderness can sometimes involve a lot of fear um and if you're a teenage mom in the Roman emperor, in the Roman empire, <laughs> give that some thought, right? Um, what if, what if Joseph breaks it off? What if I, what if she just had bad morning sickness? I mean, like even that, um, what if she slips while doing chores and she can't feel the baby move? Like there's a lot going on, but she was probably also aware that about one in 50 or more women died around childbirth. So, I mean, maybe somebody here knows somebody who died in childbirth. It's a pretty rare event nowadays. Back then, Mary would have known probably several who died in childbirth. Um, I won't go into all the different reasons why women die around childbirth i was thinking of touching on that i don't know now now it seems silly that i was thinking of going there <laughs> how to get grim quickly um <clears throat> she probably also knew that about one in four babies did not make it to their first birthday right nutrition was not good there were no antibiotics those two things in itself are a pretty bad combination. Um, I read somewhere that in the ancient 
in ancient Rome, there was no official mourning period for any infant under the age of one. It's just like, yeah, carry on. It happens all the time, right? Um, not to mention her political situation. I, I kept on thinking, okay, what are the chances that my baby will even live and live a happy life in this oppressive, oppressive regime? Not to mention do anything about it. These are risky times. What was her response? She pondered. Right? She pondered. She probably wondered. I think pondering probably involves wondering. Um, wondering probably involves awe. This sense of something greater than me is happening. I'm not in control of it. But it's... It's just this sense that, I don't know, I, I'm not sure there's there's really words for it. Um, she probably sat in stillness. Um, and she probably experienced grief and different things like that as well. So that's kind of the recap. And now I want to just kind of ask, what? how is it that Mary, in the face of formidable odds and circumstances beyond her control, has become such an icon of faith? Her ongoing response through her pregnancy, delivery, and likely very difficult motherhood appeared to be similar to Jesus's own prayer. Maybe this is a key, right? I think so. And here's another confession. <laughs> I don't think you actually necessarily have to be a Christian believer to utter such a prayer. Um, Viktor Frankl, Jewish-Austrian psychiatrist who survived the Holocaust, when we are no longer able to change the situation, we are challenged to change ourselves. I want to um, just talk about this just a little bit. Um, I don't have a Kleenex. Excuse me, my nose is running. Um, I think I'm okay. Thanks. Um, I want to talk just a little bit about this this distinction here. Um, hope is, well, thank you very much, just in case. Um, I, I mean, we can, we can, we could talk a long time about these, the definitions. I think hope is this sense that God or love is present with us and there is a brighter future of some kind. I think to me, that's kind of the encapsulate what, what hope is. Expectations is more of a cherished outcome, like if it doesn't turn out this way for me, um, hope can bring joy and definitely brings resilience. Expectations, suffering, right? How many of you ever had your expectations dashed? Um, and if you say no, you're lying. <laughs> um, so I think that Mary would have had limited limited expectations. Think of her situation. I mean, a Jewish girl's lot in life, like, what are you going to do? What's your life going to be? Her expectations weren't very high, but she definitely had hopes. I mean, go back and read that Magnificat. Like, she had some pretty high hopes. So that gave her resilience to go through all this difficulty. Clearly, her joy and peace did not come from her situation. They came from within her. It probably came from her approach, the way she lived her life. You could say that's the Spirit of God in her. But wait a minute, the Spirit hadn't come down yet. 
anyways, never mind. <laughs> um, I'd like to do just a little bit more kind of bend into some healthcare perspective on how Mary's kind of faith can help bring peace and joy. Um, different things kind of work for different people. Um, but there's some elements that are pretty common. I do think that previous generations actually had it a little easier than we have now. Um, uh, again, as a kind of a human scientist, we're suited for an environment where you live in a small community, you spend your day, you know, kind of making, making stores for yourself. So, so you can eat like, um, we need to retrain our bodies and minds to experience more peace and joy. And I think that's possible, but perhaps we need to consider the fact that our environments are not this suited for us the way maybe they were many, 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 many generations ago. Um, something you can do is gratitude. Pay attention to the good. Uh, don't That doesn't mean ignore the bad, but just realize that your body is going to focus on the bad. You most, a lot of people have had this kind of like, like bad things that happen are like Velcro, like the, the, the negative thoughts, the self-talk and everything like that. It just keeps going and going and going. Um, and the good things that happen to you are like Teflon. They just kind of roll off. I, my perspective on why that happens is, again, back to the kind of creature we are. We are um, survival machines. And if you don't pay attention to that threat, you're not going to survive. Whereas if you don't pay attention to the good thing that just happened to you, yeah, you'll survive. You might be miserable, but you'll survive, right? Um, so your body is trying to keep you safe. Uh, there's a good level of stress. If you have zero stress, you'll sit on the couch and don't won't do anything. If you you need a little bit of stress to be to be productive, um, but too much stress and you start bending and breaking. Um, so there's a little bit of that stuff. Anyways, um, back to the gratitude, awe, hope. I I would say that, um, like it, it's not just a passive thing. Like oh. Gratitude is not a passive thing. You have to decide to be thankful for something. And I would say that uh, hope and awe might be similar to that. It's more of an attitude than just something that happens. Like there's certain situations when you go outside and you see the Milky Way and, you know, or you see this newborn baby. Like there's certain things you will be filled with awe. I mean, if you're not, there's, <laughs> you're pretty callous. But can you be filled with awe when you're, watching that ant crawl or when you're, you know, like some of it is an attitude that helps and it'll help you be more full of joy. Um, take, take stock of your values, what actually really matters to you, what brings meaning, and then adjust your focus, adjust how you spend your day, your time. Um, I mean, an obvious one here is if you think that money is going to bring you happiness, right? Like, I mean, you need a certain amount of money to to live a healthy life. You actually do. But if you think that chasing that, what I'm getting at is just review your values, adjust your focus. I think Mary had to do some of that when she was faced with her big, big changes in life. Simple, healthy lifestyle. I would like to 
talk about this for a long time as a as a physician um like simplify we're our lives are way too complicated um for one thing like simply exercise nutrition sleep like those things are if you don't if you're if you're not getting those things you can't really be a healthy human like it's pretty hard to be a healthy human without those things but furthermore they did not have social media <laughs> back in mary's day um they were social but they didn't have social media uh they didn't have any media really so she wasn't watching the news of what's going around the world if she was aware of all the the oppression and pain and suffering that was happening under the roman rule that she was experiencing in her little part of the world she she probably would have been overwhelmed i don't know um maybe she was overwhelmed anyways but there's um there's ways to reduce still be aware and reduce some of your exposure to these things um discovering new things uh i love the the interview you guys like nailed half the things that we that we talked that we're talking about here like the creativity and 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 um just focus on on what matters and so on um anyways there's lots of different things there uh connection with others is the big, big one that you guys talked about uh you're a, you are a social animal and if you think that you can be happy without a good connection with people around you um you probably have another thing coming coming interestingly the worldview around that time was actually uh very connected it was very hierarchical like they had god the angels and demons humans animals plant life and and the and the physical earth and it was very that was that was the way they saw things but they saw themselves very much as a a part of all of this and connected with everything so the connection goes beyond just the human connection and the and the community it goes the the connection through and through from god to the earth and so on um uh mary of course had the visit to elizabeth which was uh evidence of her connection and then this prayer silence and letting go this is the last um last bit uh maybe with the prayer instead of just kind of asking for cherished outcomes maybe we need to sense god's presence if that doesn't work for you sense love's presence align yourself with that uh staying in the moment attention to the little good things that are happening every moment uh stop and feel what's going on in your body it's a good thing you know you're you're alive um a practice of letting go uh i could talk about that for a while i'm i'm a i'm a convert to uh, centering prayer myself um and uh it's a powerful practice of of stopping the the noise the the constant criticizing this the constant judging and if you're criticizing and judging other things you're doing the same thing to yourself and your thoughts and just learning to let go of that and learning not to do that constant evaluation of everything hmm. there we go um and by the way if you're really struggling get get some professional help um closing mary's mantra uh Basically, her do not be afraid, Mary, for her probably would have become, I'm safe in the hands of God. And I know for some people that doesn't work. Um, I'm held by reality. I'm present 
love is my nature. I'm okay. I love myself completely and welcome peace into my heart uh, in this moment, um, etc. So let's all settle for a moment. Close your eyes. Take a few deep breaths. One more big breath. Let yourself be aware of this moment. Let your mind go to the many things that threaten your well-being. Doesn't take long, but now choose to focus on this one truth. I'm safe in the hands of God. And let's say it all together two times, okay? Here we go. I am safe in the hand of God. I am safe in the hands of God. Amen. Thank you, Jeff. So much for thought there. It's great, isn't it, how so many things in our morning have actually all linked mm -hmm. in. I love that. Yeah. Thank you for uh, all that you shared. And um, it sounds, uh, Eden and Sarah, as though Jeff is volunteering for another two or three sermons, which is fabulous. Put him down. Yeah. This costs a lot. <laughs> I want to go to Mexico. Yeah. <laughs> as long as you send me to Mexico, I'm good to go. <laughs> Jeff um, Bonnie with family were in Mexico last week and he did a lot of the prep there. So it seems like Mexico is very good for you. <laughs> so I'm just going to read a benediction for us now. So just a quiet moment and then we'll go our separate ways. Let us go from here out into the world in peace. Let us hold on tight to that which is good. May we move through this week with kindness. May we encourage those who are struggling support the weak, and help those in need. May we honour all people everywhere. Let us love and serve the Lord, rejoicing in the power of the Spirit. And may God's blessing be upon us and remain us always. Amen. Amen.